All right, everyone, welcome back to the Anthea Road podcast, episode 12. Today, I'm joined by the lads as usual. Hi, right, guys. Hello, guys. How are you? And we've actually got a very special guest today. I'm pleased to announce we've got Stephen Corker. Nice to be here, guys. Um, so basically, we had a guest on last episode, and we just asked the same the same question to every guest: Who is your favourite player ever? Favorite Liverpool player ever? Oh, it can just be anyone. My favorite player ever has to be Ronaldinho for entertainment. For the way he played the game was just incredible. You know, for for me, it has to be Ronaldinho. I wish I got the chance to play against him, but unfortunately, I was just a little bit too young, so I sort of missed any opportunity there. But um, definitely somebody I loved uh, watching as I grew up. It was a, some some of the skills that he could just pull off. Insane. Incredible, incredible. So, I mean, nowadays you don't see as much freedom within, amongst the players, do you know what I mean? And he just played with yeah. such a sense of freedom that, yeah, just a joy to watch, honestly. So I grew up trying to uh, copy all his skills. And, you know, I wasn't always a defender. I used to used to play uh, midfield for my Sunday league team. So um, I was, yeah, always trying to be like Ronaldinho. I loved him. He he almost seems like the perfect player that any team would actually want in there. He just seems to have it all, the dribbling, the actual skills, and just the final pass and the actual moves towards the goals. He almost seemed like just the all-rounded best player of his generation, if we could say that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's obviously strongly debated with the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, and obviously Maradona in the past, so... Um, yeah, he's among he's amongst good competition, but for me, sort of like my era growing up, yeah, it was uh, he was definitely the one to the one to watch. And, uh, I remember actually speaking to um, Rio Ferdinand, who obviously got the got the, the joy of or, or nightmare fared against him, and he said like just how strong he was, uh, which is something you don't really like associate with Ronaldinho. But um, what, after him saying that, I kind of looked just at the size of his legs. Do you really think, yeah, he, you know what I mean? He was a unit. So he was, like you said, the, the, the all-round player. We were going to go on to uh, about the different centre-backs you've played and uh, come up against. Like, who would you name as the uh, toughest uh, like defender that you've ever seen on an opposition team? Um, well, I guess at the moment... Um, you know, I, I would say uh, Van Dijk. Do you know what I mean, I'd say he's uh, he's he's smashing it at the moment. Um, I, I I had um, a short spell with him at Southampton. So when he when he first came from Celtic, um, I was on loan at Southampton at the time as well, and um, he really caught my eye. Do you know what I mean so? He, he wasn't so well known in the UK at the time, or in England at the time, I should say. Obviously, he was he was popular with the Celtic fans, and uh, yeah, he came to Southampton, and I just thought, yeah, did I. This guy's got ability, um, really ability. And, um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, today, uh, you know, I think it's better to put him in the brackets of, you know, Ramos and okay, and, and players like that. Um, you know, he had, he had a great season last year, unfortunately. Um, you know, he's injured at the moment, but he's definitely someone I would, I, I would, I would say, um, having I've played with him and played against him, I'd say, yeah, for me, he's um, he's up there. I haven't. I haven't uh, played against Ramos or, or PK um, to tell you the difference. What was it like actually training and playing with him? Good. I mean, you know, back then he was just making his name for himself in England. So, you know, he, he was obviously growing in confidence and 
um, you know, learning, you know, the style of the Premier League and adapting, obviously, for coming from Scotland. But, um, you know, he was a good guy, a uh, great guy. We also had Jose Fonte uh, playing there as well, who um, was an amazing leader, really, really good. And uh, I think it was great for him. It was great for me also. Just uh, I didn't play many games, unfortunately, but it was good for me to, to you know, to learn from, you know, two really, really good centre-halves, both with different qualities. Um, but um, but it was, it was enjoyable. And, um, you know, looking back, um, I felt that um, at the time I was frustrated I wasn't playing but when I look back and I go you know what one, one guy went on to win the Euros a couple of a couple of seasons later and the other one has lifted the Champions League in the Premier League <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit better about myself to be fair yeah, yeah. you've been around some of the top company then haven't you uh, some of the best players in the world and knowing that you've played with them like it's honestly incredible it's incredible definitely um, you know I was from from centre halves to to strikers, I've I've um, played against uh, played against and played with uh, most of most of the the, the best around. Um, you know, I remember you know talking about my time at Liverpool. Um, you know, being with Coutinho for me it was just incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, in training every day, uh, had something new to deliver on the pitch. Uh, again, you know, very similar to the to the Ronaldinho, that sort of flair. You know, a skill player plays with a lot of freedom, very clever. Um, yeah, he was great. Also with, with Gareth Bale at Tottenham, um, very different to Coutinho, very different style. Uh, you know, much more strong, powerful. Um, had a hell of a shot on him. And you know, the season I was at Tottenham, um, you know, I, think, I can't remember how many goals he scored, but. It was comfortably in the twenties, and uh, it was just amazing. You know, it, it really was amazing to to, to witness that and uh, you know work alongside uh, some of the best players out there. Um, when you talk about Ronaldinho before, you you mentioned that you played in midfield as a Sunday league player. I've, I've heard stories or I've heard rumours that you played one game at centre back and got offered trials. Is that is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I was a midfielder right up until fifteen. Um, I was then playing for my local borough, which was Hounslow. I grew up in West London, and uh, the guys asked me to uh, to play centre half to fill in for the guy who I don't know he's injured or ill that day. Played there and and got about four or five clubs uh, off the back of that game. Uh, and the coach said to me, "Look, if you get uh, these trials and they, you know, they obviously come to fruition, go there as a centre half." So uh, I did that, and um, yeah, I was uh, I went on trial at QPR. Uh, Southampton and Tottenham I was sort of trying all three at the same time and and um, Tottenham signed me after just two sessions so it was it was amazing you know I'd spent um, well not quite 15 years but I'd spent from the age of about five so a good 10 years playing in midfield uh, going on trial at Brentford going on trial at Chelsea uh, Reading you know as a midfielder and not quite making it and um, just that day put in a different position and, and it all worked out so it's uh, it's funny how things work out. Um, you know, a good friend of mine also, Danny Rose. I remember um, him being a left winger for, for many many years. We were both on loan at Bristol City. He was a left winger at the time. Um, put him to left back and blew up. And, and uh, vice versa with Bale. You know, Bale was Bale coming through at Tottenham. We we came through the ranks together along with Danny Rose. And uh, Bale was was um, a left back for for many years. And um, you know, obviously moving into to left wing, he was then later sold for eighty plus million. You know, so it's incredible just by you know a little a little change in position uh, could, could bring about a lot of success. You certainly played in quite a few positions. You, you mentioned that you played 
uh, as a midfielder. Now you're playing as a center back. You've played as a striker before an emergency. Um, what what position would you say you've enjoyed the most? I have to say my time up front for Liverpool without <laughs> without doubt was uh, <laughs> my favourite moment. You know, uh, I remember. Um, I'd only got the phone call a couple of days before that Liverpool were interested, which was completely out of the blue. I was on, on loan at Southampton. Like I said, sat behind Van Dijk and uh, Jose Fonte. Um, so I certainly wasn't expecting a phone call to, to Liverpool. Um, just within two days, I, I, was, I was up in Liverpool. Uh, I was training with a team before the Arsenal game. Um, 24 hours later, I'm on the bench. And um, yeah, it, you know, the boys are 3-2 down. Um, 80 something minutes and, and uh, Klopp's telling me to warm up and um, I'm a little bit confused because I'm working with uh, a guy with such an amazing reputation as one of the world class managers and I'm thinking he's bringing on a centre half at 3-2 down like what's, it, what's he thinking and uh, yeah and then a short while after he's told me no no you're coming on up front um, so that <laughs> <laughs> must have confused a, a lot yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, a bit of a shock, but uh, I loved it. I loved it. And what was obviously even sweeter was um, an old teammate of mine, Swansea, Joe Allen, managed to get the equaliser in the last minute. And uh, it was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and I remember he, he said to me in the change room afterwards, he said, you see, uh, when, it, when, it, when it pulls off, everyone says how clever you are. And when, you, when it doesn't, uh, everyone wants to question you. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right. And that's, that's, that's a good... You know, a good bit of advice that because I think that's definitely been the case throughout my career, really. Um, you know, what, what I've witnessed and what I've also experienced. You know, like everyone, when you pull something off, you're a magician. And when it doesn't quite work out, it's, uh, you know, you're you're deemed a fool. There doesn't seem to be an in-between. Um, but that was great. That was that was, that was was really enjoyable. I had, you know, that moment and also the moment at Carroll Road where uh, it had oh. got the last minute winner there as well, 5-4. So... It was it was it was truly brilliant. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was it was only you know for a short period of time, but um, no, it was it was enjoyable. And uh, you know, I always get put on up front now. Like the last the last few minutes of the game, if we're one 0 down, the coach is always like, get get up front, get up front, leave, leave the back up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. It's nice. Um, yeah, you just you just mentioned the the Rose five four game then, and. Um, you, you, I'll give you the assist for that goal, technically. Um, what, what were the celebrations like after that game? Because Klopp running onto the pitch and Lallana running over to him and, and you were there as well. It it seemed like more than just a 5-4 win at Carroll Road. It seemed like the start of something. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I felt like, you know, that my whole time there, I felt was the start of something, you know. The way in which Klopp worked... Um, was very intense, uh, very specific. You know, he had a plan of what he wanted to do and everyone listened to him, you know, which you don't find at every club. I have to be honest with you, you know, often you have, uh, you know, bigger players who say, no, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that or they don't buy into it. It was completely different there. You know, everyone um, brought into it. Everyone was, felt part of it and everyone worked towards it. So, you know, when you have moments at Car Road where, you know, you get the last minute winner, you know, everyone felt part of that, which was nice. You know, I didn't, play much during my time at Liverpool, but I still felt part of the squad, you know, and uh, it had a sort of, you know, a family feeling there, you know, it, we um, we went away during uh, international break, uh, Klopp and the club, 
uh, took us and our families um, to Tenerife. We um, we spent I think it was a week or so there, uh, training in the mornings, and then you know after that we had the whole day free of our, of our, of our kids and wives and beautiful, beautiful time. And you know I've, I've never experienced that anywhere else. So I've never experienced that, especially with the family. So you know little things like that. You know obviously you know bring us closer together. And um, you know I think you know the that the success speaks for itself. You know, I think in the, in the few years he's been there, you know, the turnaround at Liverpool has been incredible. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of clubs can learn from that sort of spirit and, and togetherness. So Klopp himself as a manager, obviously you just mentioned all the success that we've gone on to have recently. Now, when you were there, it was really the start of something. It was his, uh, little process. He said, "In four years' time, we will have a Premier League title." And uh, thankfully, he, he's delivered on what he said. Uh, so, as I said, you were at the very start of the real rebuilding process. What is he actually like as a person, like uh, just as a manager as well? How much did he help you develop in the time you uh, were managed by him? I think he's exactly as you see him. You know, so he's. You know, not one of them guys that's different on camera as he's in person. You know, he's exactly as you see him. Um, you know, very friendly guy. Um, you know, very chatty, talks with everyone. And, you know, it said makes you feel part of something, you know, which I feel is is, is really important. Um, you know, in terms of a manager, um, you know, he's tactically very, very good. You know, his, his pressing game, um, you know, is, is down to every detail. You know, the, the training could, could be long. Uh, could be very detailed, but you know the results, you know, speak for themselves. So, um, you know, for me, he's you know the best I worked under. Um, you know, he's amongst good names. I've worked under Brendan Rodgers as well at Swansea, uh, Andre Villas-Boas at Tottenham, um, Ronald Koeman, who's currently the, the Barcelona manager. So, I've had quite a you know quite a high sort of I've had a lot of high-profile managers in, in my time, but. For me, he, he was the best, just, you know, all round. Um, you know, a lot of coaches are maybe, you know, fantastic uh, tactically, but not so good with the player management. But, you know, I felt like, you know, he got that balance right. And, um, you know, fair play to Liverpool. They gave him time as well, which is always important. You know, I think nowadays in football, changes are made so quickly. Whereas, you know, at Liverpool, they, they, they gave him time. And um, as I said, uh, Thankfully, um, all of all of the hard work that's been done there, um, you know, is is now paying off. Uh, I want to go back to like this. This you you mentioned international football before, and you've actually made an appearance for England before, and you scored in the same game. What was it like representing your country in in a game and, and scoring in the same game? Um, a bit of a blur, to be honest with you, looking back. I mean, um, I only recently saw the video again because it, it must have been coming up to, I think, a seven or eight year uh, anniversary of it. So I got sent a video on Instagram and um, it was Gerard whipping the ball in and, and um, yeah, obviously just got, got the final touch. And uh, I remember bashing into the goalkeeper's knee and, and I did my knee in the process. I ended up uh, missing, the, I was at Tottenham at the time, I ended up missing the the. the the Tottenham Arsenal derby on the weekend because I was in so much pain with my knee, but the adrenaline and the excitement of scoring the goal and playing for England, um, I didn't feel it until the following day. So I ended up playing 60, 70 minutes on, on, a, on, a, on an extremely swollen knee. Um, I think that just sort of gives you an idea of, you know, when, when you, I don't know, when I'm 
I don't know to speak for everybody, but when I'm in them situations and you know you're playing such a sort of high profile game, um, your adrenaline in is is running. It's, it's really you know sometimes it can be overwhelming and um, you know. Uh, it's something that obviously I look back with pride on. Um, and it's also something I look to build on. You know, I had, um, you know, I had many years where, you know, I, I spent outside of football, really. Do you know what I mean? I had the heights of playing for England at the age of 20 and the age of 25, 26, you know, sort of not being in football. So I've had the highs and lows of football, the real highs and lows of it. And um, I'm, I'm hungry for more of that today, definitely. Does that injury come as a bittersweet uh, moment for the actual goal then? Because, yeah, you've scored for your country on your debut, but missing such a big game on the next weekend, the uh, North London derby, must have been a bit tough for you to take. Definitely bittersweet. Like I said, it's one of them ones where I wanted to play every game as a kid, as I still do today. I, I literally want to play every minute of every game. I, I-, I love football. Um, and, you know, missing that game, I'm, I'm frustrated and uh, it was it was difficult to take, but I was probably still on a high to be honest with you from from that debut. I mean, I I actually came off the pitch at around seventy nine, seventy eight minutes, something like that. And um, um, after that, Zlatan scored uh, <laughs> scored a hat trick, and I remember just watching from the sidelines, thinking, "Wow, what what a moment!" Do you know what I mean, I mean, I mean, I think he scored four that day in total, and uh, truly incredible, you know. So I just witnessed arguably one of the best goals ever um, arguably one of the best performances ever and uh, I'd scored and ooh, it was there was so much going on in and around um, that time that uh, it was an exciting moment I think the weekend before it was the weekend before I'd actually scored against Man City as well um, so it was like it was just yeah a bit of a, a bit of a blur if I'm being honest it was a bit of a blur it was just so much happening so quickly at such a young age um, I look back now and I think I wish I wish I could have captured that moment better, but um, I don't have any regrets. You know, I think all of all of these experiences sort of you know shape me into who I am today. Um, yeah, you've just mentioned the the city game there as well, and like your time with Tottenham. One, of you, I think it might have been your first start that I read. You you got praised by William Gallas, like a really really good centre back out, out of the field to be praised by such a good centre-back? It was amazing. I mean, uh, it, it really was. I said, uh, from, from from a young age, it just, my career kind of really took off. So I, I didn't get scouted until, like I said earlier, until I was 15 and, and by the age of 20, I was playing for England. So that five years, I'd gone from a Sunday league player to a Tottenham youth team player to League One Championship Prem. And, it happened really, really quick and it was back-to-back seasons in which it happened. So um, it was all happening really fast. It was um, amazing to get such plaudits. It was amazing to, to be part of such an amazing squad that year, really. You know, we had some some really, really good players and um, it was all great. I said it was all a great experience. You know, so my only wish is that um, you sort of appreciate at the time, I guess, as a youngster, um, so much going on around me, I... I didn't have a time to stop and, and feel it, you know. I I I just come back off um back come off the back of the Olympics as well. So I'd been in the Olympics at the time with the likes of Giggs, Bellamy, um, Sturridge as well at the time. You know that was an incredible experience. So so much was happening so fast. Um, you know I I, I definitely today I, I'm my life's a lot slower and I get to appreciate each moment as it comes. Most professionals always uh, come out and say that their, uh, their career is short. Now, the 
like if you blink you're gonna miss so many moments and is is that what you feel like I'm guessing then because it it must feel like yesterday that you were playing in the Olympics scoring for England and it it must have just gone by so fast for you it definitely has, yeah. You know, I've publicly spoke about my off, off the field struggles, and um, you know, on the pitch, I had a lot of success at, uh, from a young age, and um, that took a dip. Um, as I said I took some time out of football. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff has happened in between, you know, the Olympics and where I am today. But you're right; it, it feels to feels like it's gone pretty quick. Um, you know, I, I I look back with with pride of a lot of the stuff that, that I've achieved and. I'm hungry for more. You know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, I, I, I came to Turkey two years ago um, and uh, well, two years ago in January and I've been working tirelessly every day um, in order to fulfill my potential. You know, I don't feel like I fulfill my potential as, as, as a youngster. I've got somewhere close to it um, and unfortunately with, with the off the field issues sort of got sort of like got drawn back. But um, I hope today to, to fulfill that. I'm playing arguably some of the best football I feel like I've ever played. And, um, you know, I've still got some years ahead of me. You know, I'm, I'm 28. I've still got seven years to, to sort of like the typical 35, uh, standard 35 retirement age. And, you know, if you're Latin, you know, that seems to be another 20 years later. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm enjoying football now. You know, I'm enjoying football. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely not letting it pass me by like, like I may have done as a kid. You said, um, Stephen, that... You still have years ahead of you. Would you ever think about coming back and playing football in England, maybe? Potentially, yeah. Um, I've actually just just uh, done a piece of Sky Sports and they asked me the same question. And, and it's definitely something that um, I would never rule out. Um, you know, I have my eyes on the moment on, on Serie A. Um, I, I really think that's uh, an amazing league right now. I think after stepping out of the Premier League bubble, um, I saw that there were many, you know, great leagues in the world. Um, I mean, I've, I think where I am today, Turkey is, is, it really is a great league. You know, it's so tight. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're currently at the top of the top of the table on goal difference, but you've got Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, breathing down our neck. And, you know, they're three huge, huge clubs. And, you know, when you go to stadiums, the atmosphere is insane. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think actually, you know what? England isn't the only place where, where football is great. You know, it's one of the great places, but um, there's many places to explore I would, um, you know, potentially look to return at some point, but but I'm in no rush. You you just uh, mentioned Besiktas; they had a, a massive team, and you you play them tomorrow. Is that is that correct? Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Oh, Sunday. Um, it, it's going into the game with such a big team, with arguably quite a lot on the line. Do do you always feel confident going into a game, or do sometimes the nerves get the better of you? Definitely when I was younger, the nerves used to get a better of me. I, I didn't know how to cope with, with the pressures. And, um, you know, I, I never believed in myself, if truth be told. And, and that was always a real struggle, you know, when you go to a club like Liverpool or a club like Tottenham, you know, where there's a huge fan base, you know, you're under pressure to perform. Um, and there's a lot of expectation on you. And, and I definitely, you know, felt that, you know, I had many sort of nerves and all of that kind of stuff when I was younger. Today... I don't really have that so much. I think there's so much more important things to life. Um, I, I know heading onto the pitch every week that I've given my absolute best all day, every day. Uh, and I know I'm prepared. So whatever happens, I've given my all. That's all I can give. And 
um, I have acceptance around that today. Whereas before, I'd come away and I could have scored two, and I'd be picking it apart still. Oh, I wish I, just, I wish I scored three. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. You know. So um, today, um, I have a lot more acceptance around that. I've been preparing all week for for the Besiktas game. I'm ready for it. What happens happens. You know, I I can't you know control the outcome. There's 22 players plus subs on the pitch. Um, we're going to see, but uh, I, I would like to. I would like to win, of course. So I, I want to win every game, and uh, especially, you know, with, with the league table being so tight, it, it would be a huge free point. Well, wish you good luck on the game. No. Thank you. No one's at the top of the league, by fluke. Uh, you you obviously deserve the place there you are because you've been winning games. Really. Now, what's the mentality like within the squad now? Uh, is it a winning mentality installed into you? Because right then, that seemed like the perfect mentality to have, as in you're not picking apart your performances too much, saying, I wish I could have done this. You're more accepting of what's happened and on to improving for the next game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as a as a squad, we've, we've got a really good uh, bunch of guys here, not just not just players on the pitch, but also guys off the pitch. And I think that's important. You know, we're very much a family club here. We're, we're a unit and, you know, win or lose, we're, you know, we're together, which I think is really important. Um, you know, the fans will always have their opinion. Um, you know, it's important that, you know, we stick together. And uh, I definitely have that here. We have that sort of togetherness and, and that mentality, uh, I think will hold us in good stead for the rest of the season because, you know, we've gone... I think nine unbeaten and that we lost the last two. And, you know, this is when, this is when uh, the characters, you know, need to step up and, um, you know, I class myself as a big character. I've had a lot of experience and um, I, I, I almost enjoy this pressure. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's time now to, to step up and, uh, you know, push forward again. So, you know, football's full of ups and downs, you know, unless you go back to, to the, the Invincibles, Arsenal, you know, not many teams go unbeaten for a whole season. You know, you win and lose, it's part of football. Um, so you know we'll um, we're looking to uh, looking to, to to build a game this weekend and, and and push back at the top of the league. Now, if I'm honest, I, I don't watch much Turkish football. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, without <laughs> I don't know if fans are back in the games uh, there. But when fans weren't in uh, the crowd, and uh, obviously all this COVID has happened, what's it actually like being without the uh, 12th man, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, not been enjoyable. It's not been enjoyable. At all. Uh, we, we're still, we're still um, not allowing fans back in at the moment. Um, the situation's got a little bit worse in Turkey um, right now. So, yeah, we're still without fans. It's, um, what's it like? It's, it's completely different. It's completely different. Um, I think the fans make it what it is. You know, I think even when you're watching on telly, you know, without the fans, it's just it's just not the same. So I really hope, I think every football player I know is hoping that the fans get back in as soon as possible. Um, and like I said, you know, over here, I mean, some of the best atmospheres I've ever played in, you know, they top the Premier League, you know, with, with just how hostile and how intense it is. And I love that, you know, that I, I love that kind of atmosphere to play in. It's, um, it's enjoyable whether they're with you or without you. So... Yeah, it's it's different. It's a shame, but you know, I think what's obviously most important right now is is everyone's health. Um, you know, we have to put that first. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 something that we're all in together. And you know, as a, as a 
as a, a world, you know, the world community, you know, we've, we've had to come together and, um, you know, take a step back with the football and, you know, so be it right now. As I said earlier, there's, there's more important things to life than football. So, um, you know, hopefully next season things will be different. Uh, you've, you've mentioned um, yeah. all the things about COVID, but how has it impacted you um, on a personal level? I mean, on training, is it uh, harder? Is it winning games harder? Do you feel um, some more pressure? Is there a mental impact, Relith? Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, I mean, you, you, there's a different kind of pressure because, you know, you can hear everything your coach is saying, you can hear each other speak on the pitch. You, it, it's more personal, it's more intimate, you know, whereas normally you go out there and you've got the fans screaming and shouting for 90 minutes and you can't hear each other. Whereas, you know, now you can hear each other. So it, it's, it's definitely different. Um, and, you know, it, obviously being at home, it's always nice to have the home support behind you. But, um, that, you know, it also, I guess, has its has its positives for, you know, for guys who maybe who have been low on confidence, who, you know, maybe have, have been struggling with the fans, etc. Um, you know, for, for these guys, it's, it's obviously to their advantage. You know, I think when we go away to Galatasaray, for example, and you normally used to play in front of 60,000, you know, when you go there and it's empty, I guess it's, it's to the away team's advantage. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely different. And I think looking around the top leagues, um, I think it has made a bit of a difference this year to who's top of the league. You know, it has seemed to have affected some of the big teams. Um, I, I mean, I know obviously I'm aware back home in England now, I think it's 2,000 fans that are allowed back in. That's great. That's a start. Um, you know, let's hope it continues that way. Yeah, we've been, we've talked a bit on coronavirus. Uh, how was it like when football weren't happening? How, was it, how hard was it to keep a consistent training schedule during the lockdown? That was tough. I mean, I, I was over here in Turkey. My son's back home in, at school in England, so uh, that was that was that was a struggle um, to be away from my son, to be away from my family and friends. Um, we didn't know how long the lockdown was going to last. Nobody did. Um, we was told to to keep fit um, with the possibility of of the league resuming at any point. Um, it was it was it was a difficult time. It was a very strange time to to be honest. It was a really strange time. Um, I kept I kept fit at home. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to have a beach on my doorstep, so I could you know go down and run on the beach and stuff like that to you know to keep up my fitness, which a lot of people don't have that luxury back home. So that's definitely something I was blessed with. Um, but it was definitely challenging, I think, mentally and, and, and emotionally. You know, being in uh, quarantine or being in the lockdown, you know, without as I said my 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 loved ones and and my friends. You know, thankfully. Um, Zoom, FaceTime, WhatsApp, you know, have all been a great help in, you know, keeping us all connected. Um, you, you've told us some good stories so far, but have you got any standout stories from, like, a dressing room that, that, that you're allowed to, that you're allowed to tell? <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to tell, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of stories, but I think I've got saved up my book. In, a, in ten years' time, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good way no, to promote. I can't, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years' time, no. in ten years early, but uh, but yeah, you know what? It's just it's one of them ones at the moment where everything you know, sort of being said, is highlighted and put into this and put into that. So you know, it's very difficult uh, in this day and age, as I'm sure you can understand, yeah. to, to, to yeah. speak. And uh, whilst in, in my career, uh, it wouldn't be the wisest of things to do. Okay, so um, 
before we started recording, we were just talking between each other, and we wanted we wanted to know a few uh, things. Uh, so, the first thing we actually uh, wanted to know is, as as a centre back, not in a striker or midfield role, who was the toughest attacker you've ever had to face? Good question. Um, am I allowed to say two, yeah. or does it have to be one? Go for it. Say as many as you want. Okay, yeah. So two different styles of players. So number one would be Zlatan, um, just absolute beast, really strong, really quick, which I think a lot of people don't recognise. I didn't recognise it heading into the game, just how how, how strong and quick he was, uh, and obviously technically great, top top goal scorer. Um, and then uh, the opposite to him would be Aguero, um, small, um, very agile, very very smart, plays on your shoulder. And obviously a hell of a finisher. So for me, between them two, um, obviously both very different in, in their styles, but both extremely lethal and um, you know difficult to handle. Um, we actually had a, another question as well related to to playing at centre back. Who, who do you feel the best centre back you've played with is? Um, the best centre back I played with. So. Um, for me, uh, if, if training counts would be would be Ledley King. Um, I was a youngster coming through at Tottenham, and um, I got the opportunity to be to, to be alongside Ledley in training, and he was just incredible for me, absolutely incredible. I think if he didn't suffer all the injuries he did, he would be recognised as that. I think a lot of people, you know, speak more so of Rio and, and John Terry, who are obviously amazing players. But um, for me, Ledley King. Um, you know, he, he, he was the best and, you know, also I've been fortunate enough to play alongside Rio, uh, another legend, you know, to spend as many years as he did at the top, winning the titles he did, you know, just amazing. Um, and I said to, as I spoke earlier on in the programme, you know, a, a modern day one would, would have to be Van Dijk. Uh, we also want to know who's the best player you've played with in general, not only um, at centre-back. The best player I played with uh, for me would be Bale. Um, I said going back to that year in Tottenham, he was just absolutely incredible. The amount of last-minute winners he got, uh, his pure athleticism um, and technique was, for me, is uh, second to none. You know, um, you know, and he's, he's amongst good company. I came through the youth team with, with Harry Kane, who's scoring goals for fun. Um, you know, I say Coutinho is. It's definitely up there as well, and um, you know, if if again, if training counts, um, as a youngster, I was training with Modric and uh, just an absolutely incredible player, extremely, extremely smart, very, very talented player. Um, who, who also has a, has a fairly big trophy cabinet now today. Uh, obviously, you've had a, a very good career, you've played. Well, we researched into it, 120 different games in the Premier League. You've played across several leagues. Uh, obviously, the Championship is known as one of the hardest leagues in the world. And um, Would you agree with that? Definitely. I definitely would. I was actually having a conversation with a friend in the Championship the other day just to say how difficult it is. Um, it, it's it's relentless, you know. You're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um the, the speed of the game is quick, it's intense. You've got the pressure of, of, of a big fan base every game. Uh, it's definitely one of the hardest hardest leagues um, to play in. And um, there's a lot of quality in there as well. You know, I, I think, you know, being here in the Super League, I think there's 
definitely a few a few players, not everybody, but definitely uh, quite a few players that could come from the championship and, and compete in, you know, Turkey's top league and, and be a really good player. So, um, yeah, I would say the championship is, is, is really, really good. What would you say was your favourite game that you've played in? Favourite game I've played in? Good question. Um, I would say uh, Swansea, Arsenal. Um, I think when I was... Um, I think I must have been 19 or 20 at the time. I think we won 3-2. Uh, yeah, 3-2, I think it was. And I, I got to play against Henri, who also, when I was growing up, was was one of the legends, you know, just absolute legend for me. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he was, he'd come back from America and was, was on loan or, or whatever, you know. I think he did a couple of different loan spells at the time and uh, got a chance to play against him and win against him. So, I think Van Persie opened the score and that was, that was a really good Arsenal side as well. So, Uh, that was that was you know that's a as I said a nineteen twenty year old you know driving home after that was like oof, uh, amazing amazing experience. Um, you you started the game for Liverpool in the FA Cup against West Ham. What mm-hmm. what was it like to play in front of a full on field crowd? Amazing, you know. I've you know, been been waiting for that moment for a while since I since I'd arrived at the club. I said I had a little case up front, and um, I was really hoping I'd. I would get, you know, a game or two at centre-half and, you know, my chance came against West Ham uh, and it was amazing and I was set to play the the away leg. Uh, I think we drew that day. So we had a, a reverse leg um, a replay to Upton Park at the time and um, literally the day before I did my back and uh, missed the game and I was just absolutely gutted, like, literally gutted. Uh, I'd actually tried to train through it to say, no, 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 I could play, I could play, but... I couldn't, you know, the, the back spasm, when it goes, it goes. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I missed that game. And um, it's one of those things, it's, it's hard to take. As I said uh, I said earlier on, you have many, many highs and many, many lows as a football player. Um, that was one of the low points, you know, an opportunity to, to get a second start for, for Liverpool as a centre-half. You know, I would snap your hand off, but, you know, it's, it just wasn't to be at the time with the, with the injury. I still think you didn't play through the back injury, actually, because... Last time someone done that, I think we lost the league title. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But it's just—it was one of those one of those things. I remember, you know, watching the game at Teddy. I think uh, I think we lost the game. Yeah. Was that the game, game where Coutinho scored that minute. free kick under the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, I remember. Nineteenth minute to Angelo Bonner. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, but as I said, it's just one of those things. And um, I think. Are we running out of questions now? I've I'm seeing just one that we still haven't asked, and that's uh, what's what do you feel personally is the biggest achievement of your career so far? The biggest achievement of my career so far would most definitely be what I've done at Lanyard Sport. Um, you know, the reason being is is for many years I didn't think that I would ever get back on the pitch. Um, I didn't think. Uh, I was able to, to, to do it anymore. You know, I, I felt that um, my mental health had taken such a battering um, that I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So to come back here, put a shirt on, uh, in my first league game, we beat Trabs and Sport away 2-0, which is like the first time in the club's history. And that was just, just amazing. It was just an amazing moment for me, for my family, for those who had supported me through a hell of a rough journey. And... Um, You know, things have gone from strength to strength since then. We we had a cup final last year. Unfortunately, we lost against Trabzonspor actually, and uh, 
we had a fifth place finish, which which took us into the to Europa League qualifiers this season. So it, it's been a hell of a journey since then. Um, but but definitely for me, you know, looking back, that's that's that was the best moment for sure. Well, we're glad you're back on the pitch, and we're glad you're back to playing very good football from what I've seen. Appreciate, it. thank you. Has uh, anyone else got any more questions? Um, no, that, that I've got everything. Yeah, I think we're done from. I do what. I do have one yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Stephen, can you yeah. please come back to the pool and play centre-back? I said, I said in a recent tweet, I'm only oh, coming back yeah. if I'm playing up front. Oh, I Yeah, I think... Um, no, I mean, that's, I, I completely enjoyed my time at Liverpool. I loved it. Um, you know, obviously, right now, uh, I'm in a different place. I'm in Turkey. Um I'm, I'm working hard here. Who knows what the future has in store? But uh, I think it's a it's a it's a little bit away right now. You know, you guys uh, uh, are the champions of the Premier League from last season, and um, you know you have a you have a big budget. So um, I'm sure there's many players you can pick out there. But never say never. You know, I didn't expect a phone call the first time. So yeah, a big budget, never. but never enough to sign Stephen Corker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't come cheap. I don't come cheap. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Um, more uh, than you yeah. want to talk. Um, so, yeah, cheers for joining us there today, Stephen. Honestly, when we first sent the message, it was a bit of a long shot. We thought just might as well message in hope, and we really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, such a small podcast, and no to have this time from you, it just means a lot for yeah. us. So, cheers for that. No worries, guys. You're welcome. Listen, good luck. Uh, hope it, hope it, you know, continues to grow and yeah, keep up the good work. Good luck with the league. Oh, top man. Appreciate it. All right, then, guys. Have a good evening. Yeah, I'll speak. All to right, you. we'll see you in a bit. See you later. See you, Stephen. Take care. Bye. 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 So, thank well, you, everyone, yeah. for joining us on this episode of the Anfield Road Podcast. Uh, if you have liked it, then please leave us a like, subscribe to the YouTube channel and check us out on Spotify while you're at it. All the links to all the social medias will be put at the end of the video. And that's all from us in a huge episode of the Anfield Road podcast. We'll see you guys in a bit. Bye. 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 Bye.